One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Holy crow, is it a jam-packed show. Welcome to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on a Thursday. Players out on the practice field. We'll get you updates on that shortly. But, man, do we have a lot to get to today with a little London flavor here on a Thursday, Steve. Two of our guests from the other side of the Atlantic today, and uh, both of them will be coming your way in the second hour of the show. First, the owner of the Crystal Palace Football Club over in the English Premier League, Steve, one Steve Parrish. Nice. Is a gigantic Bills fan. I would, <laughs> I'm fully anticipating he will be at the game on Sunday. Um, but uh, Crystal Palace has a game on Saturday against Nottingham Forest. So we'll catch up with Steve, find out how his Bills fandom began. Who knows? Nice. Maybe it happened when you were overseas playing for this team. We'll find out. Maybe. In hour number two. Also joining us, our intrepid UK NFL reporter, one Neil Reynolds, will hop on with us in the second hour. We'll get some thoughts from him, a man who has been in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and give us a little preview, a little bit more in-depth preview of what we can expect in the Bills' new stadium, knowing it was largely modeled off of Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So we look forward to that conversation as well. And in about 28 to 30 minutes, we will catch up with our uh, good compadre on the fantasy football side, one ESPN's Field Yates NFL insider, with his Week 5 Ultimate Fantasy Lineup presented by FanDuel. As you know, people... It is also Thursday. And what does Thursday mean for you, the listener? It means public service, quite frankly. The football relationship hotline is here for you from 1 to 3 every Thursday, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Buffalo Bills. And the phone number is 716-803-0550 or 1-888-552-550. If you're not familiar with the football relationship hotline, Steve and I are providing a service to you at no charge all you need to do is if you have a dilemma a problem an issue with your football watching life maybe it's your significant other that has scheduled something unfortunate and you need a workaround maybe it is something to do with your job you are asked to come in on the weekend to finish a quarterly report and you're going to probably have to work on sunday how are you working your way around that and still watching your Bills football? Whatever it could be, you let us know, and we are here to help. We, we helped half a dozen people last week, Steve. One person even called back with a progress report yesterday to report back on how well our advice worked That's for, right. for him. So we are here to help that was you. quite the moment when we got an affirmation about yeah. Yeah, your, our advice worked. I so, you know, if, you're, if your football watching life, which as we know this time of year is priority number one, is compromised, we are here with solutions because very often we have been through a lot of these situations ourselves. So uh-huh. if you have one of those such scenarios, you can call us, 803-0550, We'll also get into our topic of the day. But before we do that, we have... Some practice updates presented by LECOM, your Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. And 
The one thing we did not see out there was one Greg Rousseau dressed for practice. We did not see him out there, so it looks like he is going to miss a second straight day of practice with a foot injury. And we'll have to see what that brings in terms of the injury report. Obviously, it's going to mean did not participate. We were only out there for the media viewing portion of practice. Maybe he comes out later, does something limited. We don't know. But we'll find out uh, by later this afternoon and go from there. The good news is all the guys taking vet rest days yesterday. I believe that was Jordan Poyer, Matt Milano, and there was one other guy on that list. Micah Hyde, they're all back practicing or at least they were dressed for practice today, looking ready to go. So that was a good sign. Uh, Leonard Floyd, I think, was another guy who took a vet rest day. He was dressed for practice. So those guys are all back on the practice field. That is good news. Uh, And from what I could tell, even some of the limited participants in yesterday's practice were out there again. Christian Benford still wearing the red non-contact jersey, though, for a second straight day with that shoulder ailment. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Uh, The injury list... Got a little bit longer this week, um, so we'll have to keep our eye on that as we get to the end of the week because there might be some important decisions uh, that are taking place at the end of the week in terms of who is up, who is down, and who may have to step up into the lineup on Sunday because even after head coach Sean McDermott gave us a rundown of limited participants and non-participants at his press conference. When the Wednesday injury report came out, there were a couple of more names on there. Damian Harris was listed as limited with a neck injury. And then Dawson Knox was listed as limited with a quad injury. So those two guys got added yesterday after the practice was over. I don't know, maybe they tweaked something in practice, but we'll have to see what the report reveals today. I did see Damian Harris out there, so hopefully he's all right. And uh, like I said, we'll get the Thursday injury report a little bit later. What was your take on Von Miller's comments yesterday, Steve? What did you glean from not only what he said, but how he said it in terms of his availability for Sunday? I think the guy's pushing to play. um, But I think the the team is really cautious about how badly they think they need him. Now, I don't, and I said this yesterday, I don't think Greg Rousseau being up or down this weekend, if he can't go or can't go or whatever, uh, has anything to do with Vaughn. They'll, those two guys will be a separate. Mutually exclusive. It won't be because, well, if Greg, if, if Rousseau's down, we got to have Vaughn up. That it's, it's not going to work like that. Yeah. Uh, Vaughn's his own animal. And so is Greg Rousseau. So they've got enough guys to play. So we'll, uh, I think Vaughn really wants to go and give it a shot. I think the club would like to put him out there and have him not take every single rep. But if if they're down a man, he may have to. Um, it's it's inter- I I think my call is my think thinking is I don't think the def- I do not think the decision has been made. Okay, I do think Vaughn wants to give it a shot. And I think they are really watching him on film. They're talking to him. They're getting his feedback. And they're trying to sift through his positive spin on how he's doing to get to the real truth. Because you know he's saying, hey, I feel great. I'm 100%. Let's go. Yeah, they're trying to get to the bottom of that. So I don't think the decision is going to be made uh, at this point. But it might. I mean, they might come out and say, hey, Vaughn's going to London. He's planning on playing. Here we go. But I doubt that that will be the case. He's going to go to London. Yeah, he'll make the trip. But – I think that, and I think they'll. It's smart of them to push it until. You know, don't tell the Jaguars what you're doing. Right, and you know the 
the comments made by Vaughn yesterday made it clear that he respects the process, for lack of a better term, in terms of he said, if they want me to play, I'll play. I'm ready. If they decide they want to wait until week six, I'll do that too. So he seems to respect the process that the, the Bills are putting him through. You know, we got medical experts, you know, athletic training people that are all undoubtedly weighing in on this to make the right decision for the long game, kind of as we discussed a little bit right. yesterday. But hearing the way he was talking, it almost sounds like he knows ultimately it's not going to be his call only. There are going to be other people weighing in. And he even said Brandon Bean was the guy that made the call to not have him play the first four weeks. So, right. you know, what happens from now until he does come back, whether it's this Sunday, next Sunday, or the Sunday after, remains to be seen, obviously. But it sounds like it's going to be a collaborative decision again, not yeah. one for Vaughn to make on his own. Vaughn was really forthright when he came out after they put him on PUP for the first four weeks. He acknowledged that's part of the reason this Bills franchise is kind of in the position it is. Word's gotten around that they don't let guys go if they're – they don't let you play if you're hurt. And when guys are 100% healthy and out on the free agent market and looking for a team to play for, they want a team with, that's got integrity and, and, won't, and is going to take care of you and do all that. So when they sign, it's great. Then when you get hurt and you want to play and they won't let you, then it's different. <laughs> But that's a good thing about what the Bills' uh, culture has done for itself. It's made this uh, a franchise that players respect for that reason. And Sean, Vaughn said it when he, he said, you know, they, gotta, they do have to protect you from yourself. That, we went through this thing with Jamal Adams in Seattle uh, Monday night. And he yeah. issued an apology today or yesterday about, you know, yelling at the Independent, independent neurological, neurological guy. He said, listen, you did the right thing, and all, all respect in the world to you. Thank you for protecting me for myself. I don't think it's any accident that apology came out after word circled that he's probably going to get fined. <laughs> then the apology suddenly right. showed up on Twitter. Right. So, uh, but nevertheless. You go, Jamal. That's, you know, the, the, the clubs are put in the, the awkward position of needing a player, to, a great player to play and not letting him play because – he's injured with him standing there selling you he wants to play okay so i'm going to throw this comment at you because this comment made by von miller convinced me he's not playing this week he says he was asked if he feels any limitations and he said i'm cleared to go he said this is a starting point for me and you just continue to build it's just like you starting training camp all over again and you put your pads on for the first time no matter how long you've been playing football, you've got to really get back in the motions. So this was my first time putting my pads on since Thanksgiving. So it's a building process. But I feel like riding a bike, an old bike. It felt like I was just hopping back on a bike again and getting out there with my teammates. He's talking about a building process. To me, that means he feels like he's got to get into game shape. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's suiting up this week. I don't know. There's a lot of ambiguity here in the 10 minutes that he spoke to the media. That would be the one comment that would lead me to believe he's not going to play on Sunday. I sniff gamesmanship. Do you? I do. Okay. I, I haven't talked to Vaughn. I wasn't in, in the room when he did all the. I, I'm just. I just sniff gamesmanship. That's all I can say. 
So, you know, he might not play. I I don't know. I'm I'm just saying, but I'm I'm thinking he he wants to give it a go. I mean, he's been doing nothing but conditioning the last 4 weeks. Does he really have game shape to get into if he's a lot of guys yeah. will tell you a lot of guys will tell you working on the side with Siano is harder than practice. Well, sure. The strength and conditioning coach. Sure, these guys, because <laughs> the guys that are playing are like trying to practice while they're still healing up and getting soreness and, you know, it's trying to stay healthy. Over on the sidelines, nobody hurt. You're already hurt. Let's yeah. go. You know, uh, you're over there just like s- sweating like a lawn sprinkler. And the guys on the field are just, you know, just trying to get through practice. You know, they're got a, you know, and they're and they're just yeah. walking through some stuff. And the guy Siano's got those guys over there putting them through the paces. Just absolutely, oh, drubbing them. So, Vaughn is in shape, no question. I'll say this though, and I've I've mentioned this before too. When you get out on the field after you haven't played, your adrenaline spikes. And I wouldn't be surprised. Vaughn will go out there for when he does finally play, whenever it is. He'll go out there for like three plays, and he'll feel like he had. He'll feel like everybody sucked the air out of his lungs. You can't catch your breath. I'll never. I've. That's happened to me on multiple occasions where I, you know, I was a special teams guy, and I'd get. I got called in to play like one series mm-hmm. in a game, and I was playing like I was on special teams, 1,000%, let's go. And then, the, you know, 15 seconds later, I'm usually on the bench sitting back talking about how the kickoff coverage went. All of a sudden, I'm back in the huddle, and here we go again. I was spent after, like, two plays. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But after a minute, you know, your adrenaline calms down, and, you're, you know, your conditioning does kick in. Right. But, man, oh, man, adrenaline's a funky thing, man. These guys, it's it's going to be a thing for Vaughn too when he gets out there. Yeah, he'll feel like he hasn't run a step for six months, let alone be in tip top shape. But it'll t- it'll kick in for him, and it's just like, and like we said yesterday, if he does dress and play, he's not playing sixty snaps. He's playing twenty twenty five probably tops, right? Tops, tops. He'll so, probably play if they have. Let's say they have 10 or 12, 10 to 13 first, uh, third downs, maybe, maybe less. He'll play 80% of them, 75% of them. He'll play seven or eight third downs. And then if there's like a second and 15, he's probably out there for that. Maybe, and- yeah, maybe. But he'll play on some first and second downs too. I mean, but he'll, they'll give him some third downs to, to get after it. Yeah. Our topic of discussion today is the Jaguars game in London. Who do you expect to have a breakout game against the Jags in London? Maybe it is Von Miller. Maybe you are predicting a return to the lineup by him, and you think he's going to light the world on fire this week coming off the offseason surgery. Uh, but if you have somebody else in mind, that's fine too. 803 550 2550 I find it interesting, Steve, that you know, it's kind of been Stefan Diggs and everybody else the first four weeks of the season as far as weapons on offense factoring into the equation. Not to take anything away from some of the contributions the players have made. You know, Gabe Davis has three catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good day. But when Diggs scores three touchdowns, it kind of right. waters it down a little bit. Do you, If you had to pick somebody from the lot besides Diggs – 
to emerge this week and maybe do more than anticipated. Just offensive side of the ball here. Who do you think would be a good horse to back? It's a good one. I th- I will say Latavius Murray. Ooh. Okay. I'll listen to that. I mean, I think, I think there's a chance for a physical run game over there that may be something that Jaguars aren't thinking about or maybe aren't good enough to stop. I'm, well, they're I'm, 19th against the run. They are 26th in rush average against. I think there's a chance. I don't know. Oh, no, there's, I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong side of the ledger. Yeah, here. you got to. Eighth in rushing defense. Sorry. They're actually pretty good run, to, run stop. I think. There's a chance the Bills could get physical with them try and, and try and push them around. I don't know. If they do that, then it's... They do know. play a 3-4, the Jags do. Yeah. So they got some beef inside there for sure. Um, I plan to watch more Jags tonight. I haven't really had a chance on this short week to get a look at them yet. I haven't watched their games in depth. I plan to do that tonight and tomorrow. Um, but I do know they play that 3-4 front. And they've got some hosses in there. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, takes a special guy to play nose tackle in a 3-4. Mm-hmm. A special guy. Um, and that's, you know, I, I think they'll put that to the test. But I, I – and it could, be any, it could be anybody on this offense. I, and I'll say this, too. I, they scored 30 – 38, 37, and 48, or 37, 38, and 48 went in some order the last three weeks. You had it right the first time. That's, that's hard to play like that. Um, Every and this week. Is, right. And when the Bills have struggled in games, it's for one of two reasons. One, they've got a top flight. Uh, no, they've not a top flight. They've got an elite defense they're playing against offensively. Or two, it's a team they don't see very often like Jacksonville, like Minnesota, that does it to them. So I'm – this Jacksonville team is a team they don't see all that often. Good defense, great pass rusher on the edge. Um, I, you know, I, I have a hard time seeing the team throwing 30 up, maybe 30 or 20, 25 to 30. But they're going to have to do something defensively against the Jaguars to win this game. Uh, because I don't, you know, you just, it's just so hard to stay that sharp for three weeks and four weeks in a row. So maybe they can do it. I mean, they've certainly got the horses, but, the, you know, the trip to London, it's, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff working against them. It's just, it's a lot of bad juju on this, you know? So I don't know. I think, I, I certainly think the Bills are the better team by far, and I think they're going to win this game, but I don't think it's going to be a 47 to 10 game or 21 or 47. Be a little bit tighter than that. Yeah, I do. 48 to 20 game. I think it'll be a little tighter than that. Okay. Um, let's go to the tweet sheet, which is brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. What do you, who do you expect to have a breakout game against the Jaguars in London? Tim says, Kincaid. They've been very slowly increasing his workload. He's ready for medium to intermediate passes now and touchdowns. Kincaid is his pick. I kind of like that. Yeah. Because I, I even tweeted this when I just kind of threw out some final thoughts on Twitter about last week's game on Sunday night. I basically said, Kincaid is coming along. 
Like people are grousing about the fact that he has mm-hmm. four catches for 27 yards. Where are the big plays? You know, where, why isn't he right. catching it down the seam? I'm just like, just hang out, hang on here. Please stop. They've scored 38, 37 and 48. They haven't even needed him yet. Just give it time. Yeah. And I think he'll get incorporated more and more with each passing week. So that's a good pick. Yeah. Is this Kincaid's the week? It could one. be. And I, what's it, what's it going to look like? A touchdown? Okay, yeah, maybe. a touchdown. What's he going to have, two catches for 15 yards and a touchdown? Or is he going to have eight catch or, you know, like ten, ten targets? Is he going to get ten targets? Uh, I mean, that's what it's about. Yeah. Is he going to get ten targets and, Heckman, you know, get pushed down the field, maybe catch one down the seam, whatever. I mean, what's it going to look like? What's his stat nine going to look like aside from getting in the end zone? I believe in three of the first four games, he's been the second most targeted player. Um. Right now, he's the second-leading receiver on the team. Diggs has 31 receptions. He has 15. So he's second on the squad in receptions. So it's not like he has not been targeted. And I think I have that right. In three of the first four games, he has been the second-most targeted player uh, in each of those individual contests. So not a bad pick by Tim there. Right. Andrew on the tweet sheet says, I expect to see a breakout performance by Ed Oliver. Ever since he's gotten that contract, he's been playing lights out. Every game I watch, I'm always excited to see what he does next. Very exciting to watch. Go Bills. Yeah, he's been killing it from the QB pressure perspective. He gets like half a dozen pressures a week. Right. Um, Has a couple sacks already on the season. So, yeah, I mean, he's doing it. He's got three sacks already in four games. Ed's been playing great. Um, it's hard to stand out from the defensive tackle position in a 4-3 because you, you're always double-teamed, and if you're not double-teamed, the ball's out quick or it's a run play, all that stuff. Ed has been playing really well. Uh, we've talked about him a lot on this show. This is, I think, no question, his best year as a pro so far, the first month of this season. And he's shown up. Even though his stat line hasn't been eye-popping, the guy disrupts. We knew he was a disruptor, right? I mean, we knew he was a guy that gets on the other side of the line of scrimmage and causes problems. And he's done that. Um, And the fact that he's doing it, I think Rousseau's playing better. Leonard Floyd is enjoying a little success. A.J. Epinesa's playing better. The whole guy, everybody up front is playing better than we've seen them play in recent years. Now, you can say that's the guys, and, and certainly it is. It could be a little bit of Sean McDermott, too. But whatever it is, this, this group is playing better than we've seen past Bills groups play. Right. Sharon on the tweet sheet says, James Cook. I think he has been showing us glimpses of his abilities. He is about to step into his jetpack and break some big plays. He definitely has speed. I, I still think one of his most underrated qualities is his vision. I think his vision is outstanding. He sees it quickly and decides quickly and often gets through holes that even though they close up quickly, his vision is so good he's through them before defenses often can react. And I think that's what makes his yards per carry average so high. Now, the offensive line has done a pretty good job through the first four weeks of opening holes on a relatively consistent basis. But we're watching some of the footage from the Week 3 Washington game. Do you remember when he left Jamin Davis sitting down on his rear end like a house on the side of the road? I remember. Oh, my gosh. Shook him out of his shoes. He looked like he he was waiting on a bus. It was bad. It was really bad. 
mean, he's, he's doing. Listen, he jab stepped him, and oh boy, James, James Cook has really gotten a chance to spread his wings this year, and he's he's making the most of it. And I'll say this too: the two guys down inside, Connor McGovern <laughs> and Osiris Torrance, have made an enormous difference. Mitch Morse has always been a solid and very good center, and now he's got two guys on the outside of him that are physically superior than what he's had in the past, and it looks like it. The pocket's cleaner. The play-action pass is becoming better and more effective. We talked to Dan Orlovsky earlier in the, in the week. I mean, this, this team is an absolute wrecking crew juggernaut wagon. You call them what you want. Uh, get their buzzsaw offensively. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it and the thing about it is, and we talked about. I said this too. It looks it looks easy. That's I think that's one of the things that soured us on this offense last year as the season wore on. It started to look difficult, right? They were still winning a ton of games, but it looked more difficult. And maybe mm-hmm. it will get to that point as defenses catch up and start to have a plan against these guys that's more effective than what anybody's been able to do yet. But it just. It's just been that kind of first month of the season, and it's been a blast to watch. But we'll see. I, James Cook's been a reason for it. Osiris Torrance and Connor McGovern have been a reason for it. Kincaid is your, and I think too. I, I it does feel like, and I don't know if you agree, Brown, or not. It feels like Kincaid is just bubbling right at the surface. He's right? percolating. Yeah, and one of these times he's going to boil over and just have one of those games. You know, he really feels like he's got that in there. Knox is playing extremely well, playing really solid tight end as the 12 tight end. There's just so much going on on this offense right now, and they look so solid and difficult to defend. It's hard to pick one of these guys. Because right now, you don't want to change anything. I get it. You You don't want to start doing stuff you don't need to do. Exactly. But you have to have contingency plans at the ready in case the game plan being presented to you by the other team kind of compromises what you intended to do in the first place. Yeah, I get it. So it always helps to have that. Um, so I don't know. I would. I mean, I would keep on keeping on with what's been successful, but have some some tweaks to toss in there somewhere on your call sheet. We are going to step aside here. Uh, and take a break. But when we come back, it's time for the ultimate fantasy lineup for week five already. ESPN NFL insider and fantasy football guru Field Yates will present that lineup, which is also presented by FanDuel when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, back here on a Thursday, Chris Brown, Steve Tass here with you, and it is time for the Ultimate Fantasy Lineup with ESPN NFL insider and fantasy football expert Field Yates. It's presented by FanDuel, an official partner of the Buffalo Bills. Download the app today and make every moment more. All right, Field, week five, and uh, we're in the thick of it here. A lot of those uh, clever waiver claim. Well, this is daily fantasy. It's a little bit different, but I was looking in my, in my league, like there is nothing. In, on the waiver wire, it's just it's a fourteen team league. It's ugly, and it's table scraps at best. It's embarrassing. 
<laughs> you don't have to worry about that, though, in Daily Fantasy, which is uh, why you we have not. Field here yeah. to uh, kind of point you in the right direction. Um, That's right, Brownie. But you're, you are correct in your assessment of the waivers right now. You're going to have to look at the season in two different veins. On the one hand, Anthony Richardson and Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams have been legitimate lineup alterers for fantasy purposes, and they were, in many cases, added on waivers. However, after those three, the drop-off is significant. But for Daily Fantasy, we don't have to worry about waivers. We don't have to worry about last week's success or failure. We are merely focused in on the Week 5 fortunes, and we're here to help people make some money. All right. There and, you go. And you already mentioned uh, the guy that you have at your quarterback spot this week. That's right, Anthony Richardson, who if I told you he was the second highest scoring quarterback on a per-game basis, you might be surprised. What's even more incredible about that for Anthony Richardson is that he's played three games. One of those games, he only played about a quarter and a half. That was in week two against the Texans, and yet only Justin Herbert is scoring more fantasy points per game. 8300 is the price this week, and you guys have seen it with Josh, these quarterbacks that are just so dynamic with their legs, make such a massive mark for fantasy, and that's really the secret sauce for Anthony Richardson right now is that while he's still coming around as a passer, the rushing is spectacular, and that's good news yeah, for those of us that play daily. It's like things. this year's yeah. Justin Fields. Right. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. You know, you just hope for the Colts' sake, and I, I think there's reason to believe this, that he is a more balanced and, and sort of complete player uh, going forward because, uh, you know, obviously the Bears uh, right now in a rut offensively in part because the passing offense is so inefficient. And as we see in, in these in this daily fantasy, it's a a lot of it is about matchups. This you know this getting this lineup set, and you start off with the Jets in Denver. Jets with a phenomenal defense going against a Denver offense, but you're ta- you're taking the running back Brees Hall in this one. That's right. And uh, I would ask you guys if you've seen the Broncos' defense this season, but none of us have because it's been non-existent. They've been terrible <laughs> defensively. It makes just no sense to me because. They were a good defense last year. They've got an all-pro cornerback and Patrick Sertan the second, and yet they've totally faded. But Brees Hall checks in at $6,500 for the Jets. Uh, if uh, you go to VanDuel right now, you'll notice uh, next to the opponent rank uh, spot of his uh, of Brees Hall's profile, you'll see that it says 32nd. That means it's the very best matchup you can find. Uh, and earlier this week, uh, actually yesterday to be more specific, Robert Sala of the Jets said that Brees Hall was no longer on a pitch count. All systems go for Brees Hall, which to me is an indicator that the Jets feel like on Sunday, if he's the best player on their offense, they've got a real chance to win that game and maybe get their season back on track a little bit. So he's running back one. Running back two for me is Alvin Kamara. And if you play in a points per reception league, which that's how FanDuel works, you get a point for every catch that you make, Alvin Kamara could be a bargain at $7,100. They play the Patriots up in New England this weekend, and this was an amazing debut for Alvin Kamara last week. And amazing is sort of one of those interpretive terms. Kamara had 13 catches last week for 33 yards. Prior to that, no player with 13 catches in a game or more had had fewer than 71 yards. That is remarkable Uh, inefficiency, to be clear. But that counts for fantasy football. You want targets, you want receptions from your running backs. Alvin Kamara should be in line for a lot of those. I do wonder if Derek Carr's shoulder injury is the big reason why the uh, targets were so voluminous for Alvin Kamara last week because they got nothing going down the field last week. All right. 
And it, and it comes back to the wide receivers now. Zay Flowers begins at Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Yeah, and the Steelers have really struggled against opposing number one wide receivers so far this season. It's not like they played Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs. It's been guys that are good players, no doubt, that have had the best games of their season in some cases. Amari Cooper and Nico Collins for the Houston Texans most recently. So I can't quite figure the Steelers team out, guys. Uh, I think they have clearly, you know, some organizational um, sort of history and tradition that you don't want to bet against. But the defense, other than T.J. Watt right now and Alex Highsmith, their other opposite edge rusher, leaves a lot to be desired. So Zay Flowers seeing a ton of targets for the Ravens. Odell Beckham Jr., don't know if he'll play on Sunday. Uh, but give me Zay Flowers at 5900 bucks, and then we can keep the values rolling here with our second wide receiver and Wandale Robinson, who – uh, that Giants game on Monday night, you were subjected to more than you got to watch it, so to speak. Uh, but Wondell Robinson starting to play more and more and more. Second round pick out of Kentucky just one year ago. And uh, you may recall he had the Achilles injury uh, that ended his rookie season early. He's back now and he actually looks good. Looks much like the player he was last year uh, and certainly during his college years at Kentucky as well. Priced at 5400 bucks. We know one thing, when you're playing Miami, you're going to have to find a way to keep up unless you're the Bills and you beat them by 28 points and a very humbling defeat for the Dolphins. Usually, though, they are the team that is at the uh, the head of the track meet that they are running on Sundays. So Wondell Robinson, 5400 bucks, and then might as well just get to our third receiver because it's the same game, Tyreek Hill. $9,400. Very expensive. Uh, the Bills did a very, very good job. Outstanding job against Tyree Kill last week and did so without Tredavious White for obviously part of that game. And just such a bummer to see him out for the season. Couldn't be more disappointed for a guy who's worked so hard to get back from a major knee injury not that long ago. Uh, but Tyree Kill, obviously a very, very talented player against a Giants defense that is not the Bills defense. They have really struggled this entire season. And uh, I don't know that it gets better on Sunday against Miami. And then a tight end, you go dipping right back into that Denver defense to take advantage of those poor guys. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Conklin, who's been busy for the Jets. You know, CJ Uzama and Conklin both signed deals last offseason, and it wasn't exactly sure, it wasn't, wasn't not exactly clear which of those two uh, would sort of be the busier pass catcher. And it ends, it's ended up being uh, Conklin by quite some uh, quite a stretch here. So Tyler Conklin priced at just 4800 bucks. Hasn't been a monster contributor so far this season, but um, really at tight end, it's kind of only two guys, maybe three at max, that are worth paying up for each week. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and also TJ Hawkinson. The rest of them were kind of a coin flip, and I think that Tyler Conklin is a uh, maybe a little bit more than a coin, coin flip here. He might be, uh, if there were such thing as a three-sided coin where two out of three were Tyler Conklin, you might take your chances on him against the Broncos on Sunday. And then finally, the flex position, Jamar Chase. Uh, Cincinnati struggling offensively, but... He wasn't happy last week. Yeah, you think they kind of uh, grease that squeaky wheel there? Yeah, squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's right, Steve. And uh, this is a great matchup uh, on paper. The problem with the Bengals' offense right now is that recent matchups have also been a great matchup on paper. So I've got Jamar Chase in my flex spot, $8,700. You know, he did have a monster game two weeks ago, Monday night football against the Rams. He was everywhere, had 12 catches, well over a hundred yards as well. So you're hoping that that can be the formula for Cincinnati on Sunday. Uh, this is a gut check week for them. You know, there are teams that are struggling out of the gate so far this year, guys, that, you know, they're just like Carolina struggling is what you'd expect for a team that, I thought had a lot of holes coming into the season. 
the Giants going one and three. I know they made the playoffs last year, but that was by the narrowest of margins. It's the team like Cincinnati that makes you really nervous for them because I don't know what the heck happened to this team. They were supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, they got to get it going right now. And uh, Arizona does feel like an opportunity to kind of get right. But uh, the Cardinals have punched above their weight so far this preseason. Uh, excuse me, this regular season. They have been very impressive despite some serious, serious talent gaps. And finally, the weekly throwaway by Field, the defense. Uh, it's an interesting matchup, though. I think you're, you're bargain hunting here. But Atlanta has been rough on offense with Desmond Ritter at the controls. Only seven points scored last week. So I, I get yeah. this pick. Yeah, the Texans, 3,600 bucks. And, uh, you know, D'Amico Ryans is a great player, great coordinator, and it looks like a great head coach so far. Only four games in, but the Texans got to be up there for one of the best feel-good stories in the NFL right now. And you mentioned Atlanta, Brownie, and uh, you guys, will you guys be going to London or just watching from afar this weekend? Brownie's got to go because he's uh, he has the radio call for the Bills That's radio, right, radio network. So, um, yeah, I do not. I am yeah. not subject uh, well, to international travel. Flying out tonight. Okay, well, bring uh, bring Steve back some bangers and mash, uh, <laughs> but also uh, you guys saw that Atlanta offense this past weekend in yeah. London, and I hope the Bills and I count that the Bills will have a much more respectable offensive effort on Sunday in London than the Falcons did this past Sunday. Uh, but that Atlanta offense, guys, it just feels like um, you know we we have this every few years we have a team where it's like everything but. And the problem is the butt is the quarterback. Everything but the quarterback. And that's what Atlanta feels like right now. Heavily invested in talented offensive line, electric running back, talented receiver, talented tight ends, two tight ends that are good. Uh, but the quarterback uh, pulling the, uh, you know, sort of pulling the levers there is just not good right now. So uh, that Texans defense should be able to get after the passer. Yeah. And CJ Stroud is really looking good He's for looking Houston. Extremely He's super good, yeah. sharp. Looking yeah. like the real deal. What, what do you think about? Buffalo Jacksonville. I mean, Steve and I are having a hard time believing that the high rate of efficiency that the Bills are playing with on both sides of the ball can be sustained for another 13 weeks here. So yeah. we kind of worry about when that that bubble's going to pop. Um, but Jacksonville's kind of sputtered out of the gates here, too. I mean, they have to get some important players back, and it looks like Cam Robinson will be back this week for them at left tackle. But what, what do you make of this? matchup that'll be at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium they're not a super disappointing team the Jaguars because they are two and two in that division that means they're tied for first but they're a sneaky kind of disappointing team uh, they haven't looked good so far this year and uh, for a quarterback that came into the NFL with as much acclaim as Trevor Lawrence did he has not been bad do not get me uh do not, do not twist that but um, I think your expectations with a guy with that much accolades and attention um, was that he'd be a guy that every single season you'd be competing. Once once like the train left the station, you'd be competing and you'd be winning big, and the Jaguars just haven't been. It's been a kind of a confusing year. Uh, you're right, the Bills' efficiency is at a mark that's just hard to sustain. Like That's just what historical trends tell us. But I tell you, they're the scariest team in the NFL right now, certainly the AFC. And you know the way that Josh played – last week and uh, you know I feel like the multiplicity on offense is showing up they just feel much deeper this year and guys I think are uh, sort of better cast for their respective roles uh, in the passing game this season than prior years super impressive to watch and defensively you know doing it with you know a shorthanded group for the second half of last game without Tredavious was impressive that's going to be a challenge for the rest of the year but I think the Bills take care of business and what 
if I'm not mistaken, is the first ever London game? For the well, Buffalo no, they Bills? played back there uh, in 2015 and lost oh, to the I Jaguars like in somewhat controversial fashion. Um, oh my gosh! They wow. also, they was also played there. Record. They also played there in a preseason game back when I was playing back in '94, I think, or '91. The American Bowl is that one it was of the called? American Bowls back in the day? So that was yeah. a preseason game. You said that's right? preseason. Yeah. yeah, it was before they allowed regular season games to be played overseas. Somebody is making their London debut this year, and it's bothering me that I just screwed that up and I didn't know it off the cuff. So I apologize for that. No, that's fine. Uh, looking forward to watching the Bills. I love early morning Sunday football and. Uh, Brownie, have a great trip out there. And uh, Steve, enjoy the friendly confines of home. Next I will weekend. do that. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate <laughs> Thanks, you, man. Appreciate All it. We'll right, catch guys. up with you for week six. Take care. All right. That's ESPN NFL insider Field Yates with his ultimate fantasy lineup presented by FanDuel, an official partner of the Buffalo Bills. We take a break here. When we come back, we have a question from the football relationship hotline, Steve. Someone needs our help. And, uh, There might need to be a little divine intervention. We'll explain when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. We're gearing up for the Huddle for Hunger food drive Tuesday, October 17th here at Highmark Stadium from 4 to 7 p.m. Fans and schools from the area are encouraged to organize their own Huddle for Hunger collection and bring their items to the stadium. Bills players Latavius Murray, Deion Dawkins, and all the rookies are expected to be in attendance. The top three schools who donate will be recognized at the October 26th game against the Bucks and receive a tour tailgate party plus tickets to the game pretty good deal start collecting your donations now we have to pivot to the football relationship hotline and we're actually going to the tweet sheet steve to do that this is from the musician guy who says steve and chris i have to lead worship at my church but the service starts at 10 a.m what am I supposed to do? Uh, you better do your job. Yeah, Lord Almighty, this is a this is a tough one with yeah, the morning game kickoff at nine thirty. You catch the last part of the game, DVR it if you can, but yeah, don't <laughs> don't yeah. miss church. Right. Well, especially when you're the one leading the service. Yes, don't miss church. That's that's a little tricky. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you try to employ a workaround. Of yeah, some court. No work, yeah, no Whether, workarounds. No, this on you, bro. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is, if you want to try to work a workaround, you know who's going to know. The man That's upstairs. Correct. That is correct. So make choices wisely on yeah. Sunday as to what the true priority I, is. I'll say this. But I, I have, think you're between a rock and a hard place I, here. I agree. I have a hard time believing that the schedule wasn't out before this schedule was out. Because I know... Mo, you know they don't usually lay this out, so this is on you. <laughs> That's right. As Steve has said many times, the best solutions to these kinds of dilemmas is planning ahead, and not for nothing, musician guy. You dropped the ball. You you may have you may you may have messed up in that regard. You had your chance, muffed it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we we apologize, but I don't know that there is a good solution for you here. Yeah, if you had not, if you had a two this. if let you me, had a two week run up, you know, now you say, okay, let me call somebody, right. see who can fill in for me and lead worship. This, this week not, I'll do it there next week. I'm so, this is the relationship hotline, musician guy. This is not relationship with you. This is you. <laughs> yeah, this is. This is your. This you, is on you. You have nobody else to blame but you. The best way in which to bargain this situation would have been to get somebody else's shift to lead worship when you know the football season's already over. You could even offer up, "Hey, I'll do Easter Sunday." Let's, you know, let's. I'm sorry. I'm going to start. Laughing. Let's talk about sin, musician guy. <laughs> um, so yeah. Let, <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. This is on you, Bruce Lee. Yeah, there's you no divine you, there's intervention. There's no divine. This we is can on, help this you with is, here. This is you and that your is, own. Um, your your that confession is, is accepted. Now repent of it and yeah. don't do it again. That yeah. is the football relationship hotline <laughs> gets outranked by only a few things. God is one of them. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. You're between a rock and a hard place. Obviously, what you can do. If you really want to see the entire game, as Steve said, you DVR the game, and then you basically have to put yourself in... Sequester in, yourself. Yeah, yeah, in sequestration, where you don't hear anything, you don't talk to anybody about the game until you get home, and then basically lock yourself in the basement and watch it back on DVR. Because conceivably, if you DVR the game, knowing it's a 9.30 start... You can zip through the commercials and everything, watching it back, and still probably get through might, it might be before the, the one o'clock games. Yeah, yes, that's right. You can do that easy. You go to these condensed games on the on the ticket or on NFL Plus or the Game Pass. You can go through a condensed game in forty minutes. Yeah, but even if you have it on your DVR, you just zip through the right. commercials, and you know you can watch a game probably in an hour and a half, which is for some people the best way to watch a game. Oh, it's man. all action. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so that is a solution. It's not ideal, but if you're going to dig, standing before God, I would to, probably yes. lead worship. If you're going to dig yourself a hole, the first thing you do is stop digging. Otherwise, you're if buying you're trying yourself to get out of a, a, hole. a whole lot of purgatory. You are, yes, you're whatever. <laughs> That's yeah. That uh, that was an entertaining one, That's though. I, I enjoyed that. That's relationship we can we have no advice for. <laughs> It happens every once in a while. Yeah. But we did have a, a solution. He may not like the solution, but yeah. DVR the game, watch it back later, zip through the commercials. And that's that's yes, your best bet. Don't cut corners. Yeah. Uh, we do have a phone call we've got to take here. This one from John in Amherst. What do you got for us, John? You're on One Bills Live. Uh, yes, good afternoon. I'm a little off topic. I'm wondering who in the organization chooses the colors, the uniform colors for the game. I assume the home team maybe decides light or dark but do the players care in the least are they superstitious does it matter at all uh, i don't have the statistics to back it up but i think the white pants are the best for the bills the, the all-white uniform followed by the blue top the white pants uh i'm turned off by the all red although i wouldn't mind seeing red top of the white pants but uh Steve, does anybody care on the team what they wear? Yeah, they um, all care. I mean, they all they all care. Believe me, uh, they, I don't think they're in the you know the decision making process. And I don't even I got to tell you, I don't know who really decides what it's going to be and whether the league gives them any indications or things. But you're right, the home team gets to choose what they're going to wear on their home stadium. 
and that's the Bills this week. So I imagine that, and I'll say this, the, the uniforms they had last week, I was down there, and those things pop. Those blue jerseys, white helmets, white pants. Yeah, I'm with you. They, they looked great last week. So, uh, but I like all of their, their combos. Um, and I, have not, I do not know the statistics of how they play in and out. I know they're really tough to beat in the all red and the all blue. Well, they're, they're tough to beat in any of these uniforms. They are in their classic about. blue tops and white pants this week as just the like home they were team. Last year, just like they were at home this last week against yep. the Dolphins. Then maybe that's part of it. Maybe they want to keep that rolling. Uh, I can understand that. Yeah, I don't know what the jurisdiction is, whether they get overruled by the league if they choose something. But I know players often get in the ears of the equipment guys, hey, can we do it? Like, I, I, but I don't think they know who has jurisdiction either. Uh, We have to take a break here because when we come back, our number two is going to begin with one of the biggest Bills fans you'll see on the other side of the Atlantic, co-owner and chairman of the English Premier League's Crystal Palace FC. Steve Parrish will be joining us here to talk about his beginnings as a Bills fan, which started quite a while ago, maybe even when this guy to my left was still playing. We'll talk to Steve Parrish next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Presented by Kaleida Health. All right, welcome to hour number two here on One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And pleased to get a little English flavor for the show, Steve. But not just any English flavor. English flavor with a Bills flair, shall we say. Co-owner and chairman of the Premier League's Crystal Palace FC, Steve Parrish, resident Bills fan in the United Kingdom, and lovely old England joining us here on the show. Steve, pleasure to have you. First, let me be uh, the first to congratulate you on a gigantic 1-0 victory over Man U yesterday at Old Trafford. That, that, is a, that is a notable victory, so congrats on the three points there. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to win up there. Looking forward to another victory for the Bills on, on Sunday. Let's hope we can do a double this weekend. Yeah, and the Bills have been playing really outstanding football over the last three weeks and what get can you give us a sense of what it means for a team like Buffalo to come to London and is can you London is such a vast city does it is it a more than a blip on the radar is it does it cause a little bit of a stir over there everybody knows when the NFL's in town absolutely I mean you know you come more regularly now so it's kind of settled into a pattern but there's huge support. You know, it's very difficult to get a ticket. Um, obviously, there's two great venues uh, now, um, White Hart Lane, the, the Tottenham Stadium, and, and also Wembley. The Tottenham Stadium, it converts from a football field. 
in this amazing way into an, an NFL field. It's it's an amazing stadium. I say that with some jealousy because obviously they're a they're a London rival of ours. But Daniel Levy, who, who runs the club and owns the part of the club, is, has done an outstanding job. So it's a it's a real fitting venue, and I'm. To see the Bills in London for me is is just such a fantastic thing. I'm I'm crazily excited about it. I can't wait. Could you tell us, Steve, how did the beginnings of your fandom start with the Bills? Where where where's the jumping off point for you? So when the NFL really came to to UK television, it was on it was on Channel Four here, and uh, for pr- probably people that haven't lived in England. You know, years ago when I was a kid, we only had three channels and then suddenly we had a fourth one. We were never blessed with hundreds of channels like you guys. So they brought NFL um, to their screens. I The worst team the season before they started with the worst record were the Bills. And because I'd supported an underdog team, I didn't own, you know, Crystal Palace at that time, obviously. I, I felt, right, I'll pick a team, right? This is going to be more fun if I've got a team I support. And I picked Buffalo. Um, and I knew a little bit about the draft system, right? So I kind of understood that it, it did give us a chance as well. And then, of course, I watched us go to four Super Bowls and that great team with with Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Bruce Smith. And, you know, I stayed up till the early hours. Unfortunately, we didn't get to, to win one, but um, it was a fantastic journey. And, and I fell in love with everything about the team, particularly Jim, you know, the way he used to run with the ball and scramble and he's kind of never say die attitude and I love the snow I just love the weather that you guys played in you know it was, there, there was no possibility that a game was ever called off you know as long as you could get snow off the touch lines um you, you could play and uh, it was just a very exciting very different game you know I played rugby when I was a kid but obviously it's much more of a set piece game um and, and I fell in love with it and, I, and I'm still in love with it and I'm so pleased that we've got a team that, that slightly resembles that team. You know, Josh scrambles for yards and, you know, he's, he's such an exciting quarterback to watch. Um, so it's 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 great. And I'm really hopeful we can get back to a Super Bowl and, and, and maybe win it this time. Well, there's no question that the team is coming into London playing on an extremely high level. I mean, they, they've scored 30-plus and 40-plus points in the last three weeks. Uh, playing a Jacksonville team that the last time these two teams played, it was a 9-6 to slog fest. Nobody could get into the end zone, um, and you know, and one of the rare occasions where the one team has a a guy named Josh Allen and the other team has a player by the same name uh, rarely happens. But here we are. Uh, give us a sense of what you expect from this game. Well, obviously, Jacksonville are owned by our, one of our Premier League rivals, and um, so obviously. A victory would, would would be my my expectation. That that would be lovely to achieve. As you say, Josh has been on fire. I went to the Jets game, which is probably the only game, you know, the first game where where, where he wasn't firing on all cylinders. Um, but it would just be incredible, you know, if he could have the kind of game that he's been having this season, and and we could get a win. That 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 would be fantastic for me. I don't I don't mind how we get the win. It would just be great to see the guys win in London. Steve, I have to ask you because with the five-hour time change and all of the primetime games, at least stateside, that the Bills play in the last couple of years, and again this year, a lot of night games here in the States, how do you consume Bills football when the games are that late? Because we're talking wee hours of the morning for you if you're going to watch them live. So how, how do your viewing habits adjust when you've got to deal with 
night primetime games stateside. Yeah, it's tough sometimes. I mean, I, I, I won't lie. I don't get to watch them all, but, you know, you watch the highlights um, the next day. You know, we have um, the Red Zone, I think it's called, yep. you know, where, where, where you can watch all of the games coming in. We only have one game on terrestrial TV and then the rest of them are online. But, you know, I watch as many as I can. And more importantly, I get to as many as I can, you know, when I come over. So I haven't yet actually been to Buffalo. That's my real dream. You know, I have to make a trip out there um, and and see the stadium. I want to come when it's snowing, though. That's that's my that's really what I want to do and get the full experience. So and of course, my partner in Palace just bought the Commanders, uh, Josh. Josh I'm very proud of doing that. So um American football is much more in 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 my life and and lots more conversations about it. So um yeah, I watch as much as I can and just I'm just very excited about this team that that's been put together and really hopeful that we can we can go one better and win the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and you're right. Give it another month or 6 weeks or so and you have a chance to come over and see some snow here and and get a real taste of what it is. And you should really come in the next year or two. Before the Bills move into the new stadium, you'll uh, get a chance to see Highmark Stadium, the old one. They've already broken ground. We're building a new stadium here, and you need to see both of them. You'll come back for the other one as well. You listen, there are so many synergies as well between Crystal Palace and, 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 and the Bills. We're about to, to, to revamp our stadium with a, with a whole new stand. We're not building a completely new stadium, but it will be transformational you know, we, we've come very close to winning a couple of cup finals in the same time as the Bills came close to winning um, Super Bowls. I think we have, you know, crazy fan bases, both both teams, you know, the Bills Mafia and, and we have our own Homesdale fanatics that, 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 that are crazy and give us such incredible support. So, you know, there, there's a lot of synergies between the teams. The te- You know, I picked it because there was a synergy. I'd enjoyed supporting an underdog um football soccer team for you guys and and I've really enjoyed uh, following the bills and it's a privilege you know to be able to talk to you today and 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 to expose that more and more people know I'm a bills fan and and people talk to me about it more so it, it it's great to get to know you guys and talk about the team I love it yeah well it's a pleasure talking to you and even the, even the color schemes are the same for the most part right you got the red white and blue so exactly, just exactly. A, We're pretty much on brand. Yeah. Awesome. So just another parallel. We'll see what we can do to flip uh, some of the Bills fans over in your neck of the woods this weekend over to Crystal Palace as well. Get them some rooting interest over there on your side of the Atlantic. So, uh, Steve, pleasure They're to meet you. Welcome. Yeah. Best of luck uh, against Nottingham Forest on Saturday. And maybe we'll catch up with you out there at the Bills game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thank All right, thanks best. very much. That's Steve Parrish joining us, co-owner and chairman of the Premier League's Crystal Palace FC. The Eagles. Yeah, they're red, white, and blue is their color scheme, just like the Bills. So maybe go. that's what drew Steve to the team. Maybe. But they are very much an underdog team. They're one of the six London-based teams, mm-hmm. and they are not one of the higher-budget teams. There are some, There are some quote-unquote big budget London-based teams. And then there are some that are probably a step or two below that um, for various reasons. And they're one of of the ones that are a step below. But, man, their place at Selhurst Park, it only seats about 35,000, 40,000. But the intimacy is what makes it so intimidating for players because you feel like the fans are literally on top of you. Yeah, but they have been in the, they have been, have not been relegated in seven years. Oh, no, yeah. They've been, they had a great run, even though they're one of the lower uh, budgeted teams. They are 
hanging. Yeah, with the they big, those they've big been teams. what you call mid-table. They've been like mm-hmm. a mid-table team, flirted with you know playing in the Europa League by finishing in the top eight a couple of times, and they're doing okay right now. They got a veteran coach, Roy Hodgson, uh, who's a Croydon, England native. He, Grew up right down the street from the park. And his partner with Crystal Palace is Josh Harris. Josh yeah. Harris, the guy with the So Josh commanders. Harris came on, and uh, he and Steve are working together to improve the stadium facilities, mm-hmm. modernize it, and kind of renovate it to a certain extent to kind of bring it up to more of a modern look. Because I don't know how familiar you are with this, Steve, but a lot of the, a lot of the stadiums and grounds over there – some of them were built in the 1890s, right, right. 1910s, 1920s. Mm-hmm. I think Selhurst was built in 24. So they've made renovations since then, but sometimes you need to do a little bit more than that to really bring it up to scale for the modern-day English Premier League. So yeah. great to talk to him, and uh, hopefully the Eagles get a win over, Sel- over uh, Nottingham Forest, who they're playing on Saturday, the day before the Bills game, on Sunday. We give you more English flavor now as we caught up with NFL UK reporter Neil Reynolds to get a feel for not only this matchup over there, but what the Jaguars looked like last week and what this Tottenham Hotspur Stadium looks like, knowing it's largely the model for the Bills' new Highmark Stadium. Here's Neil. All right, Neil, big week for the Bills overseas, but it's already been a big week plus uh, for you guys over there in the U.K. You've already had the Jags and Falcons square off at Wembley. Now we get uh, the back-to-back, for the Jags anyway, Jags-Bills at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What can you tell us, I guess, first of all, about the atmosphere at Jags-Falcons? It seemed like by the end of it, it was a pretty one-sided affair. Yeah, I think you know this is going to happen in the NFL sometimes where games go a bit more one-sided than we would like. It was a tremendous atmosphere pre-game, uh, you know, watching Trevor Lawrence run out of the tunnel. All the Jags uh, flags were flying around the stadium. Um, so it was a, it was just another great day. It's always a celebration. Uh, and then sometimes the game can kind of flatten off, which I think that game did. Um yeah, early on it was it was brilliant, and uh, I can't wait to see what this weekend brings because uh, Buffalo's own Josh Allen told me to expect quite the sight when the Bills Mafia come to town. That's right. Actually, some I was talking to some of our website people at buffalobills.com, and they said the traffic, which they can track its origin, the traffic from overseas has spiked sharply this week already so that's no surprise but yes there is uh let's just say an armada of bills fans uh planning to travel over if they haven't already and infiltrate uh your fair london town what uh what is the typical infiltration that you witness because we know the jags have a following there just from their frequent playing over there almost every year when there are london games so how how do you explain the infiltration of NFL fans? Because there are we know there are NFL fans in the UK, you know, residing there full time. But do you notice a change in terms of the fan base through the course of the week? Yeah, so I would say primarily, yeah, ninety plus percent, ninety four, ninety five percent of the fans in those stadiums, uh, game in and game out, year in and year out, are British fans or, or European fans. Um, I think there are certain teams that move the needle 
Uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they came and played, their fans traveled really well. The Broncos uh, last year, I remember fondly hosting an event on Regent Street in 2015 uh, on stage with the great Jim Kelly and Bill's, Bill's Mafia had taken over. And that was not a British fan base. That was uh, American fans who'd come in. So the Bills are one of those teams. The Bills are one of those teams that certainly we notice it around London as we get closer to the game and closer to the weekend. Um, yes, there will be a large number of uh, British fans in that stadium, predominantly British and European fans. Um, but in terms of when the, the teams come over, of the American fans who travel, Buffalo are kind of right up there. You know, Packers last year was a lot of uh, uh-huh. American fans. Uh, I'm expecting the same this weekend. It's going to be fantastic. What has been the talk over there this week about the back-to-back games for the Jaguars? They're going from a a grass field at Wembley. They're going to a turf field at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They're technically the road team this week as the Bills sacrificed a home game here in Western New York to play over there. Is what's been, I'm curious what the discussion has been because over here you can imagine some Bills fans are a little sore at the fact that the Jaguars have been given the opportunity to acclimate themselves to the time change and all of that, while the Bills, you know, are going to try to do it in short order, not getting there until Friday morning London time. So, well, first of all, close to the team. I think the Jags, uh, they had to move hotels because they're not the home team anymore. So I think that was a, uh, if you're looking for advantages for the Buffalo Bills <laughs> and you can kind of tick them off, uh, the, the Jags haven't had it completely comfortably their own way. Um, I would say... Look, the, the Jags fans have grown year on year, but I expect this to still be a split crowd on uh, on Sunday. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to make themselves heard. Uh, and there has never really been any statistical evidence to suggest coming in early or coming in late makes a difference once the games kick off. Teams have done it various ways. Uh, you know, next week, the Baltimore Ravens are coming in on the Monday night. Other teams come in like, like Buffalo on the Friday morning. Um, so I think I think once that ball sails into the air uh, with the opening kickoff, it's football. It doesn't matter if it's upstate or Western New York or London. I think those players will know it's go time, and uh, I think the Bills will be just fine. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is the locale. Many people over here see it as a crown jewel. Even in Europe, I know there's a ton of soccer stadiums in London proper. Is it considered the crown jewel, knowing that it's one of the newer parks you know, over there, London side. It, it really is. It's it's an outstanding stadium. It's hosted heavyweight boxing matches. It's Premier League, you know, and it's been built with the NFL in mind. The grass field rolls out. Uh, the AstroTurf is underneath. Um, they always say there's not a bad seat in the house. It's a cliche when it comes to stadiums. It applies to this one. It is fantastic. It's authentic. Uh, I think if you pick this stadium up and placed it in North America it would immediately be considered one of the best stadiums in the NFL. I, I think it's sensational. It really is. It's, it's going to be a real treat for Bills fans to see. One of the design elements of Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that I know they wanted to incorporate here with the, the new Highmark Stadium opening in 26 is the contours are such that the noise will rain down onto the field, making it a more intimidating atmosphere for the visiting clubs here coming to play the Bills. It, has there been comment on that either by players or have fans experienced that, yes, that is in fact the case and we can make an impact on games? 
Yeah, I think there is an intensity to games that are played at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whether that be Premier League or the NFL. I think sometimes at Wembley, the vastness of that stadium can lose some of the noise. I don't know how they design these things, but the, that it's not just the sound that is right on top of the action. It feels like wherever you sit, you're looking down into the huddle. It's an incredible design. Uh, I think once you've got a rabid fan base like the Buffalo Bills, I can't wait to see what that does to that environment and to create that noise. But yeah, it has certainly been it's certainly been considered a you know a noisy, atmospheric, and just visually stunning stadium. Um, yeah, goodness knows what it'd be like in Buffalo when you have your stadium uh, come playoff time. <laughs> Uh, last one I've got for you, Neil. We know that tailgating really doesn't exist over there, but there are more than enough pubs in and around most of the stadiums. So for the neophyte American fan that wants somewhat of the European version of tailgating, walk them through what they should do prior to kickoff on Sunday. Yeah, there's no there's no kind of huge parking lot outside Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but the roads are closed outside the stadium. So from very early, that will be packed wall to wall with NFL fans walking up and down, finding the pubs, you know, get yourself into a pub, you know, have a have a pint before you go and watch the game um, and just kind of soak up a different the fact you're watching football uh, in a different country. Get there early. I'm sure Bills fans do. Um like I said, I spoke to Josh Allen uh, at the end of the summer uh, and he told me that uh, I said, what should I expect from Bill's Mafia? And he said, expect a lot of red, white and blue in your pubs and expect a depletion of your alcohol. <laughs> he is right on both counts, Neil. Uh, prepare yourselves. Have the extra kegs ready for sure. Buffalo is a beer drinking town, which I think will fit in very, very nicely uh, with the London pub crowd that you guys have got over there. Thanks very much for the time, Neil. I'm sure you'll be at the game, right? Are you going to be there? I'm only, so this is, I, this is a bit of a torture for me because uh, some of the games are ITV and some of the games are Sky Sports. I do the Sky Sports All games. Right. This is work. an ITV game. So I will be there for the pregame. I will watch that opening kickoff sail into the air so I can say I was there. And then I'll head off to Sky and I'll do my regular eight hours live on a Sunday night doing all the other games around the league. Oh, there you go. It's tough when you actually got to do some work, right? I know. It's like, fun. I don't want to go and be with Bills fans. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try to keep an eye out for you because I'll be there early as well. So hopefully we can meet up. But, uh, yeah, enjoy it. It's going to be fun. Bills Mafia will be taking over for sure. Thanks for the time, Neil. And uh, hopefully we see you on Sunday. Thanks, Chris. All right, that's Neil Reynolds, NFL UK reporter and host. He's going to be busy on Sunday as well over there. We take a break, but be back with more in a moment here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Ticketmaster is the presenting sponsor of the Buffalo Bills 2023 season. Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the NFL. Time now for Sound Bits, though, which is presented by Tim Horton, Steve. In this week's edition, we hear from Josh Allen, Vaughn Miller, A.J. Epinesa, and more as the team prepares for the Jacksonville Jaguars Week 5 in London. Mind the gap. (laughs) Bloody governor. (laughs) 
First of all, you're talking to a homebody here, so I, I've never been there, like I said the other day. I've never been to London. No, I, I, I've i never played over there, so I couldn't give you an honest answer. I have not played football in London. It's always been in the offseason, just as a leisure you know, type of experience. But I'm excited to, to get in front of the English. One of my best friends uh, growing up, Riley Patterson, he's the current kicker for the Lions. He was with the Jags last year, and he, he told me all about it. And it's it's really cool experience. Him and his family got to go. Um, and it's something I'm, we've been looking really forward to. I'm relying heavily on our sports science department and Joe Collins and, and his staff and our training staff. And they d- they've done a ton of research. Joe's actually from there. Back in 2017, I traveled to London with the Saints. We had a different schedule. We went out and stayed the entire week mm-hmm. after the fourth game of our season. But I was telling the guys, though, it's it's the time change is difficult on your body, right? So um, back when I was in New Orleans, Sean Payton really drank the Kool-Aid when it came to sleep studies and uh, brought in a, a world-accredited sleep doctor, and we talked about banking sleep. So it's important for guys to get into bed early this week, right? Get off the screens, get to bed 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, try to get about an hour or two hours extra of sleep per night. In terms of like body clock, just making sure that we're staying on top of that, trusting what our uh, sports science people are telling us here, trusting what our, our trainers are telling us, being hydrated as much as possible, and Trying to get as much sleep as possible, I think that's that's one thing that uh, you know we've had guys that have done that, and that's that's the one thing that keep keeps coming up is just sleep cycle. We're gonna fly obviously tomorrow night, and then once we get there, try and stay up through the day and uh, try and get acclimated to a little bit of it as much as you can. It's harder to to bank sleep and, and get to sleep earlier because most guys are probably up till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, just like most people. Um, so forcing your bed or forcing yourself to bed early and turning off the screens, closing the blinds and getting a dark environment, a dark, cool environment as early as you can. It's not easy because your body's going to be like, well, what the hell are you doing to me right now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's kind of a short trip um, and turnaround for, mm-hmm. for playing on Sunday. Um, just try to get your rest when you can because you're going to be thrown off. So um, as quickly as you can turn your body over into kind of a regular um, game routine, even though we're five hours or so difference, um, the better you'll, you'll be off. I, I trust what Coach is telling us and tr- trust what you know, our people are telling us here. We just stay on it, be smart, don't don't try to enjoy ourselves too much. Um, we'll be fine. There's a, there's a give and take to it, right? There's, um, you know, we're going over there for a purpose and a reason that's to win, you know, a football game. So keep the main thing the main thing but also try to you know it's experience um you know being overseas in a different country and still try to have a focus on what the task is it's definitely a business trip and it's it's, it's cool to get over there and see some things but um me personally and i know us for the rest of the guys on the team it's a business trip and we got stuff to take care of over there in terms of preparation and game planning like they have our entire focus it's a it's a really good team that's going to take uh, 60 minutes of football on sunday well, my family will be there I know the crowd and the fans would be crazy. It's sold out every single football game that they have there is sold out. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to playing in front of the English. Did Vaughn just give us a hint, Steve? I'm looking forward to playing in front of the English. Did he just give an indication that he's attention, going? Attention staff. Attention staff. We have a clue. And it was found in Sound Bits. Sound Bits. Presented by Tim Hortons. Uh, incidentally, this week's game against the Jaguars in London is presented by Pepsi. Pepsi is the official soft drink of the Buffalo Bills. So now that we've taken care of some bills, uh, we move forward and we are taking your phone calls at 803-0550. 1-888-550-2550 is the number to join us as we are asking you, who do you expect to have a breakout game? 
versus the Jaguars in London. We've had submissions such as Dalton Kincaid. We had a couple of uh, submissions on the defensive side of the ball as well. So if you have somebody in mind that you think could have a breakout game against the Jags, let us have it at 803-0550, The football relationship hotline is also open where any problem you have getting in the way of your football viewing pleasure, as we know, watching football is a top priority this time of year. So if there is something that is getting in the way of that or compromising your football viewing pleasure, you can ring us up at 803-0550-1888-550-2550. Steve and I are here to help. We have solutions to your football viewing dilemmas. Um, I do have to say, Steve, that in hearing Vaughn say that, I'm just like, oh, he's I'm talking. You, man. He's guy he's talking play. like he's playing. The guy wants and to play. he also said his family's going to be there. Steve. Yeah, but there's not much reading between the lines here. I, I had missed the tail end of that because we had gone off the air. As you mm-hmm. know, we had Vaughn on right. when he was addressing the media, but it was only like the last yeah, we had, or or show the stops. first four minutes of his press conference, and then we ran out of yeah. time and had it to say goodbye. Last, it was the last four minutes of our show, and it was the first four minutes of a press conference that went like 10 or 15, and we missed all that stuff. He, I'm telling you, man. Son of a nutcracker. I think he's going to play. I don't, but they're not going to tell us. I mean, we're not in that. But, you know. Looking forward to playing in front of the English. Well, yeah, that certainly makes it sound more convincing, doesn't it? Think about it. It's like this in his head, be, he's already planning to play. Well, maybe might, he's got to think that way anyway. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think you know, having now that I think about it, it probably is a little something, something for these guys to say. Yeah, I played a game over there, and you he said I mean? he's never done that before. I either. played an international game. I mean, I did it. I did it in Germany and in London. Yeah, and in Toronto. Well, how about you, Mr. Three Country well, That's guy? correct. I am a multinational traveler and football player. So it's kind of a something thing. I think those guys are like, yeah, you know what? I want to play. I want to say that I played one of those games. Yeah. Now I will. It's s- not getting, they're not playing less games over there. Right. Now, I will say the one thing we did not mention was he was listed on the injury report as a limited practice participant. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's not great. It's not 100% go. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they don't want him to be. A, now, I wonder the, why the Thursday report that, though, could come. Well, do you want him going 100 miles an hour his oh, first day back in the, pads? Who, yeah, but you can tell him what to do. You don't have to designate him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think, it's, I think it's smoke and mirrors. That's what I think. I the think, Thursday injury report could get, come out later this afternoon. I think he's going to get 10 sacks on Sunday. And he could be a full participant. <laughs> he's going to get 10 sacks on Sunday and be the defensive player of the week in the, oh in, my gosh. In the AFC. That's what I think. All that? right. That's my That's my. Uh, 803-0550, <laughs> the number to get on board. Let's go to Dennis on a cell. What do you got for us, Dennis? Dennis, I was listening to Steve this morning, and my only question was if Vaughn has been going full, full bore practice, I think put him in, let him go. But I mean, if he hasn't, you know, he need, I think he needs to. When he goes in there, he's not he's not going to go half. He's going to go all the way. And right. if he don't, somebody's going to hit him. and He's going to get hurt, you know. And uh, if he's ready to go full bore, let him go. Yeah, as we just said, Dennis, and thanks for the call. He was limited in practice yesterday. We'll see if the amount of work he gets is ramped up today. 
You know, he could be a full um, participant today for all we know. And I get it, too. Here's what happens. He's right, and Dennis is right. Um, I've come back from knee injuries, and I've come back from other injuries. I'm, I've had, you know, multitude myself when I was playing. And when you step back on the field to play, you go 100%. You, there's no playing at half speed. Right. You don't go like – you don't do – at least I didn't. Now, we've, I've seen other guys who weren't injured play half. I mean, we've got guys in the league now, like, you know, you go to Chase Claypool who turned it off. But for the most part, you go and you play. You're really playing. Now, if you're injured enough so that you've got something you're considering and you know, something's bothering you, every player's kind of in that mode. But you go as hard as you can, as you're physically able. And if Vaughn's physically 100%, you can bet he's going to go physically 100%. Um, but every guy's got, like, I don't know, sore shoulder, sore toe, you know, hangnail, whatever, shaving nick, whatever. Somebody, they're all carrying around some bump or bruise that they've gotten in the previous games or in their training. So you, they're used to doing that, but they go as hard as they physically can. That's just the way of it. And you can bet Vaughn falls into that category. If he's out there, he's going to try and get to the, get to the quarterback. We, and I know people are tweeting at us like, well, did you hear what he said on his podcast? He's playing. I mean, oh yeah, he was speaking confidently on his podcast. He said, you know, if you know me, I got to suit up and play. But right. as he said yesterday, it's a consensus decision, not his alone to make. That's, that's the fly in the ointment here. If it was up to Vaughn, I don't think any of us would be guessing. We'd know what's going to happen. He'd go out and play. Right. He wanted to play four weeks ago. Yes, that's the word we got, and that's what he said. So, um, yeah, I, 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 there's still some doubt that he's going to be able to go. It was an ACL, and he's coming off. He's been off, and he hadn't put his pads on until yesterday since last Thanksgiving. So it's been a minute, and it may take a week to get used to it. I mean, because that's what they get in the preseason, right? Guys come in completely healthy. They get two weeks of – well, actually, get, they get two weeks of practice, one week of pads, preseason game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. But not all those guys are Hall of Fame caliber guys with 130 sacks under their belt already. Right. So, it's like he said, you get out there, you get used to it pretty quick. Uh, I, I don't – I'm a little concerned about the Greg Rousseau situation here, foot injury. Didn't practice yesterday. Didn't see him out there today. Coach McDermott, when asked about him specifically, said it's he's pretty sore right now. Um, so we'll have to keep a close eye on that. Mm-hmm. Final designations are tomorrow in terms of status for Sunday's game. So that is that is probably the most worrisome of the lot. Although Dawson Knox and Damian Harris popped up on the report yesterday as limited participants with thigh and neck injuries, respectively. Although I thought I did see Damian Harris out there practicing today. So we'll uh, see what the Thursday injury report has for us, but it certainly has gotten more interesting as the list has gotten a little bit longer. Um, so I, <laughs> I just, you hate to go down the road that, you hate to think the team is going down the road they went down last year all those man games lost to injury. So anytime it's almost like you've got a conditioned response 
based on what right. happened last year. It's like, oh, go. Not, no, not another person. No, uh, right. You know, like you get – it's almost like you're flinching because of all right. the injuries this team had to deal with last year. That's, that's the thing that gets me. It's being, it's being reported by Ian Rappaport about Vaughn that he's making the trip to London. His first two practices back, meaning today's as well, gave him no issues. It gives him a chance to play. Okay. So that so, was through Ian Rappaport that came out of just a minute ago. So we'll see. Um, there clearly has to be a meeting of the minds between now and yeah. Sunday. But I'm say, I'll say it again. For a final I decision. don't think Greg Rousseau's in condition has anything to do with Vaughn Miller's yeah, I don't up either. or down. I don't either. They're not, that's short-term thinking, and you can't do that. And they have enough depth there anyway. You've got Kingsley Jonathan, Leonard Floyd, Shaq Lawson. You know, if Rousseau's down, you still have four that you can dress. And if Vaughn's playing, you're right back to five again. So, yeah, there you are. Yeah, plus in a pinch, you know, Puna Ford could be brought up for an extra defensive front guy. So what? And then you can move guys around. You can move Ed out, that kind of stuff. So you got, yeah, they got plenty of plenty of guys. They don't have to go with with uh, Russo or Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly you want both those guys out there. I mean, come on. But it's a long season, and if Rousseau would benefit by resting a week, I'm sure that the club is all about getting him healthy. Who do you expect to have a breakout game versus the Jaguars in London? Garvey on the tweet sheet says, Trent Sherfield seems to be getting on the field more in different formations and has shown he can be trusted. They lined him up in the backfield last week. Um, I think his production has been hurt mainly by the use of two tight end sets. This was predominantly an 11 personnel team, three wides, one tight end, and that has shifted precipitously this season with the use of Knox and Kincaid on the field at the same time, which obviously takes a receiver off the field. And more often than not, it's the third guy. And that's usually Sherfield and or Hardy or Shakir. Um, But yeah, I like that as a potential breakout guy. The guy works really hard, number one. But number two, Steve, doesn't his name sound quite English? This could be... This could. Trent Sherfield. You almost need to say it with an English yeah, accent. Almost, yeah. Wow. Well, that's there's an English flair to that interesting. name. Interesting. Never thought of it. I but think you're that right. could line up this week. That's right. Like Sherwood, Sherfield. Trent Sherfield. Surrey. Yes, I'm. You know yes, what I mean? He does sound. I mean, nobody's saying British. Bobby McGee sounds English, <laughs> but Trent Sherfield does. Yeah. It sounds very English. I could yeah, see yeah. Trent Sherfield having a cup of tea in the afternoon. That's, that's, that, that could pass off as very English. That, that could line up very well with a breakout game over there for him. Maybe. We'll have to see. We have to take a break. Some final thoughts uh, when we come back. As we've got one segment to go here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. Back here on One Bills Live, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. We got another submission for an English-sounding name on Buffalo's roster. And uh, with tongue firmly in cheek, uh, our submission says, Sir Dalton Kincaid. Mm, Yeah, I could see it. That that sounds 
somewhat English, I would say. A little bit, yeah. Trying to look at some of the other ones on the roster here to see if one, like, really rings a bell. You know, like, <laughs> one that really gets the job done, like Trent Sherfield does. Kingsley Jonathan. Oh, yeah. That, now we're talking. That's Kingsley Jonathan, very English. We should have seen that one. We didn't. You know, Tim, Tim Settle could be, but Kingsley Jonathan might take the cake here. Yeah, that, that one that one smacks of... Leonard Floyd could work. Sure, sure. James Cook. Alec Anderson. Oh, Alec Anderson, yes. Spencer Brown. Mm-hmm. That could be Connor McGovern. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. That might be more there's Irish a, than a, English. Yeah, that's true. Or David Edwards. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah. Uh, there, there's some goodies on here. Dawson Knox. Yeah. Tyler Metakevich. Well, that sounds a little, <laughs> a little, a little more East, Eastern, Eastern European. Europe, Eastern block. A more Eastern European. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just go on to stereotype everybody's last name. How about sure. it? Well, well, let's just know, do that. We're all immigrants in yes, the end. So. Here we are, yeah. Good stuff. Do you have any English blood in you? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Although I was at I was at uh, the birthplace and of uh, Shakespeare, Stratford upon Avon, and just tooling around the church where he was entombed and stuff. Kind of a nice little yeah, touristy yeah, yeah. thing. And then out on the sidewalk, they they bury everybody. Every they bury people everywhere. <laughs> there was a there was a grave marker that said Lucy Tasker on it. No way. Yep. That's yeah. So I'm somewhere back in the British Isles. I don't know. Yeah. I have I would, no idea. I, yeah. Tasker sounds English. I wouldn't be surprised by know. that at all. I we we had a coat of arms as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. There was something about a severed pig's head on it or something. Oh, I, wow. I'm really, you know, guys are pretty fierce apparently. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. There is a Let's giant go. Friday show coming your way tomorrow. Maddie Glab in for me while I travel with Steve. Greg Cosell, obviously, along with the OBL Friday fan He's not traveling mailbag. With me. He's traveling with the team. That's right. Maddie will be with me. But they'll be here tomorrow at one to bring you through your Friday. Be sure to join them. They'll see you then.